0: Hey, guys. How's it going? Matt from Foulball Productions here. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that you're doing well. I'm doing phenomenally. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the MF for Podcast, Episode Three, One, Two, Three. This is the third. I appreciate you tuning in. This has been a very fun experiment so far. Don't get me wrong, I still miss Mr. Vigilante Williamson, and if you follow him closely every once in a while, you will find a stream that he puts up doing a little solo shot, which is always a thrill. Um, but this is me now, the for podcast. I appreciate you checking me out. How are you? I am doing pretty well. Um, the Flea Saga continues with my cat, Err. Uh, the other night, I was, uh, trying to get some sleep, and couldn't, because all of a sudden, I'm just itchy in the middle of the night, and I'm like, what the, what is going on here? And then I realize, oh, the fleas came back. Yeah, it turns out that if you just treat the flea thing with the oral medication, and then a flea collar that's not good enough no 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 you have to go out of your way to like kill all the eggs and the carpet and all this shit so I don't know they came back and Luke had fleas again he's scratching them and I'm they can't sleep I'm also grossed out because I know I'm covered in bugs uh that's uh that's been pleasant so I've been uh, and he's got a tapeworm from the from the fleas he's lost weight so obviously he's got a tapeworm and so I buy this medication and I crush it up and put it into his food Nah, he won't eat it yeah just doesn't like the taste of it it's like god why why tried twice both times just wouldn't eat the food and I'm like I don't know what to do I guess I could do like half a tablet and the food but that's not enough because he's a big boy he's a big fella and he needs to eat the whole dose of medication and uh I don't know. So I had tried twice, didn't work, had one tablet left, and then I looked up a video on how to force a pill down your cat's throat, which I did eventually have to do, so hopefully we'll kill the tapeworm. Gross! Gross! There's like a big parasite in him eating out like his fat, and then there's bugs everywhere. God. The natural world sometimes is disgusting. Just gross. Gross! Little fleas that <clears throat> They're like vampires, fleas. They, like, suck blood. That's what they do. They eat your blood. I've realized, or I learned, that fleas survive on their host blood. But the reason humans can't have fleas is because we don't have enough hair. We, I, I read something like it would need to constantly feed on us for some reason. Anyway, that's why they have fleas. Gross. Gross. And I hate it. So, I'll keep you updated on the flea saga. I, I don't know if it's interesting to you, but it's 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 plaguing my life. It's plaguing my life. And I can't... Get good sleep. I planned on releasing this early today at 8 o'clock, but I was just too exhausted when I came home from work last night and just passed right out. I was just out. So woke up, doing it late. Better late than never. That's my motto. It's at least one of them. It's at least one motto. Now I uh, talk about like my personal life and such, right? And then I'll compile, compile some stories to talk about different topics of the day. I got to tell you. Got to tell you, I empathize very much with the mighty Vigilante Williamson as far as wanting to tap out. Not that I'm interested in tapping out currently, but man, the 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 exhaustion that keeping up with modern stories is takes a toll. It genuinely takes a toll. Like every time I open up, I, I look at a few different sources. I look at like bounding into comics for like nerd news. Uh, Like the New York post for like whatever pop stories going on a few other sources, but jeez, man It's enough to get you down. It's really enough to get you down. I don't understand quite honestly how a lot of these uh, YouTubers or just political people how they stay involved with all of this without it genuinely bringing them down emotionally right like I actually am really getting like uh, like it takes a toll it takes some something out of me. I look at these guys like uh, you know, like Gary from Nerd but I was also listening to Chris Williamson the other day, and he was talking with this woman about you know woke politics and what all this stuff is, where it started, racism, so on and so forth. And I mean, I'm getting exhausted just listening to it. Like I'm just getting like frustrated with the conversation. Like not that it, it was a frustrating conversation by its nature, just the topic was upsetting. You know it's upsetting. I, I listen to Jim and Sam a lot. You know Jim Norton and Sam Roberts in New York, and they, you know, their 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 uh their dismissal of the woke stuff is as frustrating to me as any of the like people critic. It's just I'm so sick of all of it. I'm exhausted by every little bit of it. It's just so draining, man. Uh, I don't. And I don't know what the alternative is. Like I don't know what I would like. I just am tired of the, the, the weight of negative news stories and, and divisive politics and just everything being so upsetting. I mean, there really is something, some wisdom to just like turn it off your brain and not get involved. You know, there's also like these hilariously vapid news stories you come across that you just can't believe are news. Like I was looking at the entertainment section on Twitter, Uh, You know then the trending topics and it was like two actresses wore a similarly colored dress at the same event Can you believe it? Yeah, I mean yellow is a pretty common color. Yeah, I can believe it like they're like it's crazy Someone had to observe that and then articulate it and then say and then write a article around that God I mean maybe that is the type of escapism that like Vapid people have right like instead of them dealing with the media or the news or whatever they deal with oh my god They've got the same dress on it's crazy. Oh my god like that's our video games I don't know but I was just uh, I was I was kind of floored by how empty that was Um, And God I mean I swear I can't find enough stories to talk about that keep my interest I mean it's you know it's it's uh, the drag shows like all like the kids being going to drag shows and this whole thing and that that's that's a drag. <laughs> it is weird though. It's really weird. I I don't care about like the open-mindedness that you're supposed to have. It's just that's just creepy. And and the, the sexualization that goes in with like all these pride things. You know, it's Pride Month right now. Pride Month. Uh, and the sexualization that goes in with all this stuff, it's just kind of creepy that you keep throwing kids around it. And, like, it's not even – it's less of an invasion by those communities as much as it's, like, these progressive parents who want their kids exposed to it. That's the weird part to me. Like, like, does that make you a good parent in your little weird Marxist circles? I, I don't understand how that's something that – I would never, I, I would want my kids to have the least complicated childhood possible, right? Because the world is so complex and draining. Like we're dealing with it right now, right? I'm dealing with it right now. I'm just like, I'm exhausted. So if you could at least give that kid, like, you know, 12 to 15, 16 years of just kind of a little more simplicity, a little bit more ease, let him grow, let him develop. Um, and, and just kind of have a little bit more of a, a just an easier portion of their life. But they, they, seem, they seem hell-bent on corrupting that as much as possible under the guise of being good parents. I don't get it. I genuinely don't get it. I don't think that's got anything to do with acceptance. I don't think you need to be exposed to everything to accept it. You know, you can just have an open-minded demeanor. And also, just the fact that you're not immediately accepting of something that's foreign to you is really not that big of a deal. It doesn't automatically mean you hate that person or you despise that group or you want them dead. It just means you're, this is different. And that's okay. You're allowed to feel that way. And like I said, and like I will always continue to make the point because it's utter hypocrisy. These are the same people that can barely look at like a Trump supporter as a human being. Right, these people who clamor on about acceptance and open-mindedness—if you disagree with them politically, you're like a demon from hell. So shut up with your acceptance. Shut up with your, you know, inclusivity. It's not inclusivity. It's it's a, a certain groups that are supposed to be empowered. That's what you want. So just say it. You coward, commie. Ah! I don't know. It's been weird. It's been all over the news recently, and it's just been one of those stories where I'm just like, oh God. Like I don't. I barely want to emotionally touch it let alone like make a show dedicated to it not you know it's just there's just so like little helpful insight right like you see the story and you're like what the fuck Like there was one where it was like the trans or no or drag queen show and it was like a strip club and they had kids giving dollars to the strippers what the fuck is that if you brought a kid to a, like, a legitimate strip club, like, wouldn't you get arrested? Like, Isn't that illegal? But somehow under the guise of inclusion, this is good? And like that's got to fuck with the kid's head, right? That's a man in a dress or a thong. Like, that's just got to be a whole thing for the child. But then it comes to look at that this wasn't like a high school or, 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 sorry, like a grade school that like invited them in as some sort of education. Apparently it was an event that parents brought their kids to. So you're like, what the hell is that? And then, you know, the conservatives, guess what? They don't like it. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Like that they're supposed to like, they're not, but it's just, it's predictable. Like, I don't even look at that. I don't click on the articles or read what they say. Cause it's like, oh, they don't like that. That's so interesting. Like <clears throat> they have to do what they have to do. I'm not criticizing them for doing what they have to do, but I don't, I already know what they think. And I'm not even saying I disagree with them, but, like, there's literally no reason for me to look into it. Let me guess. They don't like it. It's it's destroying the American family. I mean, they're not wrong, but still. Like, it's not – there's nothing novel or uniquely insightful about that take that I need to consume it. I already know what that take is. They're, they're, and they're not wrong. I'm just saying. I just – how's it going to help me? So, like, I, I'm just looking for a little bit more – a little bit more insight. I don't know. A little bit more <clears> – <throat> Useful information instead of just everybody being on two sides of a wall. There's a wall and there's one side here and the other side here. And this one throws an arrow and this one throws a rock and this one throws a catapult. This one throws a missile. It's just this constant back and forth. It's just draining. We're not getting anywhere. We're not helping anyone. Apparently, San Francisco fired their uh, district attorney or they recalled him or whatever the government process is because he's too soft on crime. And that's a good thing. I mean, who knows what they were placing them with, but I guess that's something, you know, I lived in LA for 10 years and, uh, you know, it, it got so bad. It, it, like the homelessness problem was just so insane. Like it was, a, it was a, this really <clears throat> pretty decent city, you know, with like lots of cool stuff, lots of traffic, lots of concrete, bland concrete. But like good stuff in between, cool museums, good restaurant stuff that I like. But then just, I mean, littered just littered with homeless and then like and you know the homeless are not uh they're not very responsible to the environment that they inhabit yeah I I know that seems like like a bit of a harsh overgeneralization, and I and I really do feel bad if your feelings are hurt Uh, but I just these are my observations so maybe if you can take this as a teachable moment to educate me on how to more politely and respectfully talk about the unhomed ugh Uh, But there would just be, like, litter all on the highway. Like, you're driving down. It's just, like, the whole embankment just covered in trash and garbage just pouring down. Sometimes it would catch on fire. You know, and we're all supposed to be tolerant of this. It's like that's not the right response at all because we're encouraging it. We're not – this isn't just, like, a natural phenomenon. People will gravitate towards this if they – are have severe drug addictions or uh mental illness and then we're basically subsidizing it and it's just gonna keep growing it's not like a it's not confusing at least it fucking shouldn't be but it is confusing for all these dumb woke progressive idiots who inhabit all these cities i hate them i don't really hate them i just they're misguided they've been they've been lied to they've been really aggressively lied to so they kind of just have the wrong ideas um so anyway, so I guess going back to the San Francisco thing, they, they had enough, which, I mean, Jesus, okay, finally. Uh, so maybe that'll spell some progress, but I, I doubt it. Like, those, that state is so entrenched in its politics. And by the way, the politics in California are less politics and more uh, popular crowd bullshit. At least it was in L.A., and I guess maybe that's not the whole state, but it feels like that. Like, that's the thing about so many of these policies and these mentalities is they're they're uh, enforced by social conformity, right? That's the biggest thing. Like, if you disagree with them, you risk being ostracized from these communities. And that's not just like, oh, you can't go to this bar. It's like, no, no, no! It's like your work groups, like who you work with, who you uh, like, your your social circles. Like it's so entrenched that people just they just don't want to rock the boat that they'll go along with it, even if you if you cornered them, you know what I mean. Really talked them through, they probably would. Find some logical conclusion in this stuff but the conformity the social conformity is so powerful that you just go along with it and unless you're willing to risk being a, like a rebel or like an aggressive outsider yeah it just keeps happening and that's what like the state is plagued with like there's these really aggressive you know like I, they're, they're like these mean girl like ringleaders right And they're, like, constantly policing, you know, the social group and who's making sure they're all thinking things and just – like, I remember there was, like, a, a girl who I knew from my acting studio. And she's, like, definitely, like, one of these, you know, social patrollers just obsessed with politics, obsessed with hating Trump. Like, that was her identity. And I guess her boyfriend was from New England. And I was like, oh, is he a Patriots fan? And she goes, uh, well, he was until he found out that, you know, Tom Brady liked Trump. And I was just thinking, like, what a bitch. Like, what? Not the woman, the guy. Like, what a pussy. Like, you stop liking the greatest quarterback of all time because he may have different politics than you? Like, what a fucking soft, soft man. And I was like, oh, God. And it's like, in those environments, you you don't dare disagree. I... I uh, I didn't vote for Trump in 2016. I did in 2020. And I, but I realized like once he took office in 2016, it was like one of the greatest days ever because like everyone who ever shut me out of a conversation because I didn't have the right opinions or had the audacity to disagree or, you know, was just like aggressively, you know, criticizing me because of my white privilege or whatever. They were all melting down on an epic level and i was like oh my god this is like the greatest day ever like it was so fun it was like a reaping you know a a reckoning it was amazing it was so much fun so that's how i learned i liked trump because it pissed off all these people who did nothing but insult and belittle me whenever i dared to disagree and i was like this is a very good thing um but even in that environment i would never i wouldn't capitulate it but i wouldn't like a disagree or critique how they were thinking or I would like push back here and there but I learned it's not that juice ain't worth the squeeze on that because all it's really going to do is make you a target all it's really going to do is just like oh, and they all whisper and talk oh he's a republican or whatever I'm not even a republican but the, the fact that I don't think like you makes me a republican uh, and it's like so it, it's just not worth it so you, you find yourself conforming to this shit just out of like survival instinct and that's like the whole state it's like the whole culture really i swear it's the whole culture like any progressive city it's the culture i mean i cannot i can say that as a gross generalization without having really seen it firsthand but i'm pretty sure it's true it was true in new york it's true in la it's true here in austin uh although less so people are nicer here in austin it's still there don't get me wrong but it's definitely still around you know it's still here But I really – I don't feel the same social pressure. might be because I don't really give a shit. I don't really care. You know what I mean? I've grown past caring. Like it's just not interesting to me. And I'm not – the difference in L.A. was I was trying to be in entertainment. So I kind of had to get along because I was – that's what I wanted out of my life. Now I don't care. Like as long as I can keep my job that I have, you know. I don't care, like, if I get your approval. Your approval. You know how little that means to me. If those are your values, I definitely don't want your approval. Okay? Because that means something's wrong here. That means I think like you, and I don't want to, because you are broken. Broken. Yeah. So I don't know. So that I, that that felt good to get off my chest, honestly. Just that that because it's so ubiquitous, man and i still there's still so few people who get it you know people get it from one angle or they have like a like a nebulous idea of what's wrong with it but like here's a good example like jim and sam jim i listen to them a lot they although i don't know why because i find them frustrating a lot um, because they're like ho oh, oh, they said this thing is woke it's like it, it is sometimes sometimes that is accurate you know but they'll 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 dismiss all this stuff, woke entertainment stuff. They'll dismiss all that. But then like Norton was pointing out about the DA in uh, San Francisco, and he said, well, he is woke. And it's like, I just wish you could connect the dots with that guy, right, and then this entertainment industry and then this tech industry and then just trace it all back to the universities and see – that these are these are all connected. This isn't just an isolated. Oh, this person's got the wrong ideas. This person somehow has. Their, no, 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 no. They were all trained, right here, in America, in our in our college institutions. Okay, it was boot camp, re-education camp is what it was. I'm not exaggerating. It's designed to do that to queer everything. It's like I I I feel like a broken record, and yet. I see all around me. No one gets it. No one gets it. I don't understand. Read James Lindsay for crying out loud. Cynical theories. Read the book. I feel like I'm giving you homework, but it's 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 for your own enlightenment. It changed my whole life reading that book. Changed my whole life. Changed my entire perspective on the whole thing. Like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense because he connected all the dots. And you're like, ah, that yes. Now I now I crystallize. Makes perfect sense. Right. Yeah, this push in the 90s for everyone to go to college, Clinton, you know, all these student loans, everybody went to college. And then now the, the, the country's got a totally different worldview. All of a sudden it's like, yeah, they all went through this one filter where that's the only way you're allowed to think. It's like a communist. But it's true. It's true. I joke, but it's true. You know, the truth is that in jest often some wise man once said that. I don't know. Was it the m and Was it The Rappers? I think it was him. He said it once. Uh, There's going to be a Joker sequel. That's interesting news. I didn't expect that. Did not expect there to be a Joker sequel. Now, I don't have exactly high expectations for it. It is Todd Phillips, the same guy. And Joaquin Phoenix is coming back. Um, I think the task that they're going to have to... That's going to be set out for them is to double down i think the best way for this movie to be successful is to double down on the things that they were implying in the first one and i think that if uh maybe i'm being generous in this interpretation but the way i read it at the end was that there was this big protest of all these disenfranchised people who were like identifying with this joker character and then broke him out of prison, and there was all these riots. And it was kind of to me, I interpreted it as like some sort of BLM thing, some sort of the pussy hat march thing. Like people just kind of losing their minds and, and and looking to some kind of savior. Because of just how frustrated and disenfranchised they were. And I think it was a comment on that kind of mindless mobness. Now, maybe I'm being. Maybe I'm seeing it the way I want to see it because it felt good to interpret it that way. But I, I think that's what they were getting at. And a lot of people didn't like that. A lot of people, all the people I was just talking about hated it because it's a critique. It's a criticism and they don't do, they don't do that well. But I noticed about this uh, the, the younger progressive generation, the the Marxists, they don't they don't take criticism well at all. In fact, in a lot of those classes, it's kind of against the charter to disagree with them. They say you used flat out can't. I can explain this to you further, but you can't disagree with the principles. Like, oh, that sounds like a sound philosophy. Can't even disagree with it under fear of penalty. <sighs> Airtight. Um so there was a lot of criticism about Joker because uh, it seemed to go after some of that. And and also because white men liked it, which anything white men likes, very, very bad. We all know that to be true. Uh, so they they had a lot of issues with it. So I think really if they want this – like if they want the integrity of the first one to maintain, they should double the fuck down on the things they were exploring that the progressives didn't like because – A, it'll probably make a good movie, but B, the fans will come out in fucking droves. I don't know why I didn't emphasize the F word there, but I'm trying to curse less on the podcast for whore reasons, to whore myself to YouTube. That's the only reason. Guys, they got me. I conformed. I'm swearing less so YouTube will favor me in the algorithm. I know. I know. If you don't respect me any longer, I don't blame you. You can you can just go to another creator who has, who's less of a pussy. Um, but then, I mean, cause the support will be huge. It'll be huge. Anytime they don't conform to it, like it's like they struck gold, right? It's just, everyone's like, oh, can you believe it? Like, look at the Top Gun thing. People are like, oh, oh, oh. Like they can't, they're losing their minds. They, they can't believe themselves. There's actually something good, like a good entertainment. P- property ah! like it's people just it's like they're in, a, in a, a state of constant orgasm so if you if Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix want to make something good double down on what you were implying before push harder and make the fuck out of that movie I really hope it's as good that first Joker movie is so good so good Um, all right, let me read the article here about Joker from Deadline, a great outlet of bullshit Hollywood propaganda. By the way, when I opened up this and it had the book of Boba Fett, I had to like, I was like, wait, is that the Obi-Wan show? And I was like, oh, right, there was a whole Boba Fett show. Like... I completely forgot that show even existed. Like, that's how little impact that sh- I forgot it existed. It was just, like, a few months ago. And I was like, oh, yeah, some people made jokes. And there was, like, wasn't there, like, some, like, LGBT scooters or something? I, I don't... I mean, I can't... I, I... My brain has no space for this. And I was like, oh, yeah. That exists. <laughs> if I was a kid... When I was a kid, if you told me in the future, we're going to have an Obi-Wan show, we're going to have a Boba Fett show, we're going to have three more sequels, we're going to have what how the Rebels acquired all the plans to blow up the Death Star, we're going to have an origin story for Han Solo. If you told me all that in the future, I'd be like, well, what, what are we waiting for? Like, why are we not doing that right now? Like, And then they, you, have, you have to be like, oh, but they're... They're all going to suck mightily. I wouldn't believe you. Well, it depends on when you told me. If you told me in like 2005, after uh, what year did the Revenge of the Sith come out? Like if, if, if I had been burnt out by the prequels, I might have believed you. But if you told me at like 2001, 2002, I don't think I would have believed you. I would have been like, no, that sounds like the best future possible. And here we have all these things, Boba Fett, Obi-Wan, all these movies, all these shows. I could give a shit. Don't care. Don't give a shit about any of it because it's all trash. Garbage. It's so bad I forgot they existed. Anyway, on to Joker 2. Joker sequel, a go. Todd Phillips posts script cover. Joaquin Phoenix nearing deal to reprise Arthur Fleck. That is good news. This has been building since before Toby Emmerich exited and Michael DeLuca and Pam Ad- Abdi took the reins at Warner Brothers. See, just information like I don't care who runs Warner Brothers, just make good shit. Joaquin Phoenix hasn't quite signed a deal to reply, reprise his role as the disturbed murderous anarchist, murderous anarchist Arthur Fleck in a sequel to the billion-dollar grossing Joker, billion-dollar dude. But the film is a go. Director Todd Phillips revealed on Instagram, on Instagram that there's a Joker sequel script he just wrote with Scott Silver. And that Joaquin Phoenix, who won an Oscar for playing the title role, is reading it. Dude, that's cool they gave him an Oscar, honestly. You'd think in this alt-right masterpiece or whatever they would say. Alt-right something. Something, something, fill-in-the-blank, cliche bullshit. That they would actually give him an Oscar for it. But he was so good it's amazing. It's such a good movie. To watch his transformation. And I love at the end. You're like, oh my God, like it makes sense that he could be a supervillain, that he would have this undying loyal army of uh of of like zealots that would kill and die for him. You're like, oh my god, this makes perfect sense. It was so articulate. It was like one of the only origin stories that like I really made sense to me. It's like that is great. That is so smart. And even though I know it's non-canonical canonical, canonical, with uh, the comic books and such, I kind of have to give it a pass because it kicked ass so much. Um, Joaquin Phoenix won an Oscar, is reading it. That isn't quite true. Phoenix read it a while ago and has come down to making a rich deal for him to star in the genre-jumping sequel. Oh, so he's already read it. Oh, okay, so he just wants to make a bunch of money on it. Yeah, sure. The screenplay is titled Joker. Oh, no, I don't know. That's French. The French reference being a medical term pertaining to a mental disorder which affects two or more people. Okay. The first Joker was the highest grossing R-rated movie of all time. Made a billion dollars by making a good movie. And when was that? 2018? It's 2022. Not a single follow-up. Unbelievable. Um, and notched 11 Oscar nominations, including Best Picture with a second Oscar win for Hilder. G- G- what is that symbol? I thought that was a, I thought that was a mark on my screen. I swear to God. G- what fucking letter is that? What is that? I need to know what that is. Hold on. I need to Google that. I've never seen that. F. Okay. Who? What language uses that? Icelandic, Middle Middle. So it's an Icelandic thing. Ah, that is funky looking. I have never seen that. It looks like a cross on top of an O, a lowercase O. What? A, just speak English, you know. We rule the world. Um, just kidding. Uh, the firing up of a Joker sequel will benefit DeLuca and Abdi, who will run the studio and temporarily. We'll run the studio in temporarily dc for warner discovery ceo De- i hate the way they write they all feel like run on sentences i feel like there should be some commas in here this is tough to read maybe i'm just a mush mouth deluca and abdi are overseeing dc in the interim following emmerich's departure as Za looks for an executive to run it across all mediums the most of the pictures side of dc oh during okay so this is just the inner workings of warner brothers which i don't care about as well as Suicide Squad, Peacemaker, Films Director. I heard that Peacemaker show wasn't bad. I didn't see it. I don't care. Yeah, but look. Here's the uh, here's the script. This is the Joker script. Todd Phillips posted it. That is cool, dude. That is pretty lit. May eighteenth, twenty 2022. That is cool, man. I like the sound of that. I like the sound of a Joker sequel. I think that that is great news. For the future of entertainment and also for the soul of America. You know, because these liberals and the woke people are Oh, draining. I know I just went on a rant about how awful progressive people are, but I swear I am sick of it. I'm sick of us talking about it all the time. It's so draining. Like, when I was living in L.A., I was talking with somebody about whatever, and uh, and I was like, I forgot exactly, it was something about race and something. And I was just like, yeah, I mean, I've I've never been more aware of my race. And, and she was like, mm-hmm. And I was like, so that's a good thing? So we're supposed to be more aware of our own and other people's races. And then we're what, not supposed to see that? When we look at people, it, it's like, if it's constantly on everyone's mind, how is that not going to create more division? It's supposed to, the, the the best way, true progression, is to make that not matter as much. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, you're black, and, and that doesn't necessarily matter. It doesn't, it's like, no, I'm black, and it very much matters. And you're like, okay, cool, we're all going to get along after this. Seems really smart. Uh eh, I don't know. Um... I saw this article. Like I said, this is a slow news day, guys. So bear with me if this sounds fucking boring. I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying here. I'm spinning plates, tap dancing. Um, but I saw this article, and I was like, "God, Blizzard! Blizzard!" If you don't know, is a video game company very popular for my childhood. A lot of the games I played were like that. They were all Blizzard. It was uh, Diablo, StarCraft, Warcraft. Those games made up a very significant chunk of my childhood, especially Warcraft and Starcraft. Although I played a lot of Diablo and Diablo 2. Really liked those games. And I think a lot of people did. They they were one of the biggest game companies in the world, especially once they launched World of Warcraft, which uh, I only recommend World of Warcraft if the lifestyles and habits of a heroin addict are appealing to you. If that seems appealing, then I would definitely pick up World of Warcraft. You get a free, you usually get a free trial up to level twenty. You know, you get a good taste, like a good pusher man does. Gives you the first taste for free, and then he's gotcha. That's what World of Warcraft is. Although even that, I, I, like I was addicted for a while, and then it's it just there's a level of tedium where I don't actually understand why why continue playing, like. It's just grinding after a while. You're like, just kill this many of this creature and go here and get this thing. It's like, all right. I mean, it's just empty, hollow quests. You know, like, it's fun if you want to, like, listen to, like, a podcast in the background. If you want to listen to the MF or podcast in the background and play World of Warcraft, it's great. It's excellent. Wholeheartedly recommend doing that. Only this podcast, though. Um, But uh, other than that, I don't know. It's just a grind fest. It's like, I don't know. What's the satisfaction here? Anyway, great gaming company for a long time, but boy, have they fallen off, fallen off super hard. And so Diablo Immortal, I think that's their, I think that's their mobile game where that guy had that great quote, which I need to play um, because it's so funny. Yeah. Diablo, April Fool's guy. Yeah, this guy rules. Uh, this guy's awesome and his delivery is immaculate so this was at uh, a blizzard like con where they they got this big announcement that you're all gonna love guess what the next Diablo game is gonna be mobile isn't that awesome isn't that what PC gamers love mobile gaming hey uh, just was wondering is this uh, an out-of-season April Fool's joke <laughs> Face, uh, no, it's, right to it's your a, face. It's a Applause fu- from the audience. Applause from the audience. And these two dingleberries up here, fully, just being uh, like, fully flesh. No, no, it's actually not. It's a, it's a good mobile game. You're gonna love it. No, we're not gonna love it. Okay, we're not. And you knew that. You. Dingus, uh, Diablo experience on on mobile, which everybody will get to play. and No one wants to, though, shithead. No one's interested, you corporate tool. So anyway, so fast forward to today, Diablo Immortal po- players face a hundred and ten thousand dollar bombshell to fully upgrade characters. For the price of a nice Mercedes-Benz, you can fully upgrade a character in Diablo Immortal. Are you fucking kidding me? 110000 That's like the third of a decent home. I mean, half of that is a great down payment on a home. I mean, could you imagine if you spent $110,000 on a vacation? You could vacation for a year. Literally, you could vacation for a year on $110,000. I don't make that. (laughs) I don't make $110,000 a year. But if I had $110,000, I could take what I make, put that all aside, and then vacation for, I don't know, what, six months? You know what I mean? Just on vacation all day long. You know, paying women to blow me, like seeing beaches, doing great drugs, for a hundred and ten thousand dollars what you get is to upgrade a character in Diablo Immortal? What? Why? For what end? To get a little satisfactory buzz when you beat the Diablo guy at the end? Are you kidding me? What? You are worse. That's worse than the bankers with the variable mortgage rates. That's worse. Because at least you had a home for a little while. At least you did have a roof. This is this is nothing. Your character's got the shiny sword. Yay. Give me $30,000. I need to read this. I need to read this. Diablo Immortal is a free-to-play video game in the Diablo series that takes that takes place between the events of the second and third mainline game. It was originally released on June second, twenty twenty-two, on iOS and Android services, as well as being ported over to PC. By the way, I played Diablo three; fucking sucked. It was whack. On the hardest difficulty, it is so uninterestingly easy. It's so boring. You just hack and slash and there's no resistance and you're just tapping the same button over and over. I was like, yeah, this was cool in 93, dude. You know what I mean? Like when this was new, when this was novel, it was fun. It's not fun now. You know how many different gaming experiences I've had since then? I don't want the exact same thing with shinier graphics fucking boo. While the game is free to download and play, there are also microtransactions that will allow players to upgrade their characters for an additional real-world cost. So how much money would you have to spend in order to unlock everything? One YouTube channel has put in the legwork to calculate exactly how much upgrading characters to the completion would cost in monetary terms, and it's a lot more than you might think with an eye watering $110,000 in total required. The original reported by GameRant, there are three ways to upgrade your character in Diablo Immortal Experience Points, Equipment Level and Legendary gem. The last one is where the issue lies is some of these gems are hidden behind paywalls meaning anyone hoping to max out their character will have to pay to unlock them it's not free then it's not a free game I hate like mobile gaming is is a ad farm it's all they are I have I have the only game I even play is two dots and still I, I have to watch a lot of ads to get any like to actually progress in the game like there's these little upgrade boxes you get that give you little superpowers to unlock some of the dots, right? So I still have to watch ads just to move the game along. But like, I, I, all, so many mobile games are just like, wait, what? what is the game? It's all just ads. Like, every once in a while, I get to move a guy here and then add. add. It's like mobile games are trash, absolute trash. And so, yeah, it's free to play. It's not free to play. There's no such thing. They're just, they're like, I don't like them. I don't like mobile games. I wish I had something funnier to say about them, but I don't like them. They suck. What's more, they aren't even guaranteed to be awarded to players as they are randomly generated in loot boxes. Oh, God, Blizzard, how fall, how fall you far, How far you have fallen from grace. God, everything, everything sucks. Uh, in gaming terms, loot boxes are are a consumable consumable item that can be purchased by players in order to unlock new gear, which is a standard model for free-to-play games that have elements of monetization as part of the game's economy use. A more, uh, Diablo Immortal was uh, originally announced back in 2018 as a mobile game and received mixed reactions with fans hoping to di- hoping for a direct sequel to Diablo 3 rather than a mobile game, which one fan branded as an out-of-season April Fool's joke. Yeah, they got the guy right here. That rules. That rules. Okay, so they don't actually walk through... How it's possible? I guess this guy's video does. It's a 40 minute video though. Okay, Diablo Immortal has been out for a day on mobile. It hits PC later on today. In some ways, it's actually a marvelous Blizzard game. But in other ways, it does mean that the Blizzard name is well and truly dead. He says it- wait. Wait, hold on. How can it be both things? How can it be a marvelous Blizzard game and mean that the Blizzard name is dead? If it's a marvelous game, then Blizzard's doing fine. And by saying that, I mean, you can no longer really... people would argue that ship sailed, but in a way, you can't take the Blizzard name as being a guarantee of certain things. Oh, okay. Because this game, while it is a very well-developed game that is very fun to play with a gargantuan amount of content, it is unfortunately monetized in a predatory, disgusting manner. And it's time for me and Matt to talk about it, because we've... Eh. All right. Check out that guy's video if you want. Um, what is his name? I don't know. His, on YouTube, he is Bell Bellular News. Bellular News. Uh, if you want to watch his Diablo content, this video is up 40 minutes long. 16,000 upvotes to 306 downvotes, so people must like it. So go listen to Bellular News if you want to hear more about Diablo. I am sick of talking about it, quite frankly. <laughs> Not sick of it. I'm just over the story. Yeah, okay, great. I mean, I don't care. I was never going to play that mobile game anyway. I was never going to play it. I'm, I, you know what I'm playing? It's going to blow your mind. It's going to shock you. But I'm playing Fallout New Vegas again. <laughs> I'm addicted. I don't know. I like the comfort of the familiar. I realize that the older I get. I very much like the comfort of the familiar. I like the movies that I like. You know, I definitely go outside of my boundaries every once in a while. But there is something very comforting. I think that's also why people like... The music that they grew up on more than any other music or why they think it's the best because it was kind of when music was new to you and it was like some it was very novel experience for you so it meant a lot emotionally and you felt the music much deeper than I think you do as you get older so when you hear that music it just brings you back to when you were a kid and you feel good for instance uh, I've been watching uh, Jackass because I guess Jackass 4 is, is on Paramount Plus and uh, they, Jackass 4.5 is on uh, Netflix. And I have just been binging Jackass content. And I got to tell you, it has been pure bliss. Pure bliss. I have been loving watching Jackass. It's just pure comedy. Like, hilarious. Just them busting each other, literally busting each other's balls. Not a figure of speech. Like, Danger Aaron, in the fourth installment of Jackass, put had the cup test. And had a professional softball pitcher, this woman, just underhand a softball right at his nuts, had a professional hockey player slap shot a puck at his nuts, and then had a professional bowler bowl down a bowling lane and hit him in the nuts. And each one of them was hilarious. Hilarious! I will say there is a whole lot of dick in Jackass Forever, Jackass number four, there's More than I would have preferred. Lots of dick and balls. (laughs) It's fucking gross. But it's really funny. It's just funny because they're all having fun either getting hurt or hurting their buddies or being gross. And it's just great. There's no agenda to it. There couldn't possibly be. Like, it's all just funny. Pure goddamn comedy. Tasers and electric stools and it's so funny it's just great and that was actually quite nostalgic for me because I jackass came out like when i was in high school and we went to go see jackass in the theaters and i mean the the eruption of laughter from the audience seeing the original jackass one jackass two in the theaters i mean it's just it's like a memory it's like a moment in time that i remember and i was surprised how much i really appreciated it it's kind of like the way things trend right like the way things come back like They're really popular, and then they become passe and kind of gross. They go away for a while, and they come back, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, I love this thing. I don't know why that's the natural cycle of things. I guess we get tired of it. I think it it definitely has something to do with the nature of culture and and humanity, where we – like to raise people up and then like to tear them down i think there's something about that i don't know what that is it's something about like taking like a, a person or like an unknown or someone new and bringing them up i mean like we love this person and then when that sustains for a while then like the same instinct that wanted you to bring them up now you're like oh fuck that guy like there's like this resentment that gets created i don't know so it's like it's a natural like parabola like it always happens like that like it's like bring them up down then bring them back up i don't know what that is maybe it's a power thing maybe we don't like having people above i don't understand why and i know i'm sure i've been guilty of it because i i know i know i was with jackass i was i remember like when jackass 3 came out i was like oh god like isn't this kind of over guys you know like what are we doing jackass 3d uh. i remember watching it and thinking like that's just kind of sad like they're still doing this and then this and then so I, you know, just kind of wrote those guys off. I even saw Steve-O outside of a, the Hollywood Improv one time. I saw Billy Burr Hey there, Billy Burr. I saw Bill Burr at the Improv in Hollywood like, I don't know, years ago, 2016 maybe, 2015, something like that. And um, Steve-O was outside and there was a line of people going down the block. And I was just standing outside my buddy probably smoking a cigarette And like Steve was standing right next to me, and I was like, "Mm, Steve, whatever. And then I remember like watching this one, I was like, oh, fucking Steve. Like Steve was important in my childhood, right? Like Steve was, it's not like I like looked up to him or whatever, but it's like, it's fucking Steve, you know? And I was like, I was looking back surprised how aloof I was to the whole situation because like I watched all those movies and loved them. Um, And so, yeah, maybe I was just one of the haters at the time, being like, whatever, you know, I'm a jackass, cool. But then I was watching this, I was like, fucking Jackass Rules! Like, I've been been watching all of it. It was really fun. And because they're just kind of like... It's not like story. They're just stunts. And they just go, stunt, stunt, stunt. They just like... They, there's no fat on that show at all. Like, they just show, they start the stunt, they have the stunt, they laugh about it, move on. Like, no build up. No, like, you remember when they would do those, uh, like, like Evil Knievel t- style stunts on cable or, or TV every once in a while? And it would be like an hour special. He's going to jump the Grand Canyon. And then, you know, it would be, you know, oh, and he's trying out the ramp. And, oh, well, what if he doesn't do this? Well, Jim, if he doesn't do this, it could end in disaster. And they just build up for 45 minutes. And then he goes, Ving, and it's over. And you're like, oh, Okay, cool, I guess. Like, Jackass does none of that. There's none of this, like, anticipation. They just start, do it, move on to the next one. It's great. It's great. It's just so much fun. If you haven't watched Jackass forever on Paramount+, Plus, I recommend it. It's hilarious. Um, It was weird not seeing Bam there because Bam, I went back to Paramount+, and they have all the original seasons of Jackass. I started watching some of those. And Bam was there in the very first episode, you know, and I I liked Bam. I always thought Bam was funny. He just had this weird demeanor, the way he talked and the way he would torture his family. (laughs) It's fucking hilarious and i like bam's show too viva la bam on mtv i remember like i'm like oh a jackass spinoff i'm not gonna like this and i found myself binging it all the time then they would do that's when they do like mtv binges right uh and it was really funny i had a great time watching it he would do ridiculous shit, like turn the entire inside of his house his mom's house blue just paint everything blue like torture his mom like i didn't jackass I don't remember one, one of them, he just lets a live alligator in his house and his mom comes home and to find the live alligator. <laughs> so funny. And they would, their parents would become characters in the show. and uh, But I guess Bam had some serious alcohol and substance issues. And uh, they had him on the set, I think, for literally one day. And they kicked him off And it was, it was kind of, I guess, kind of sad. And he ended up tweeting some really nasty shit about like some people saying he was going to, you know, sue them or just really dark shit. And then Steve-O, I guess, tweeted saying like, dude, you know, we all wanted you back. We desperately wanted you back. But all you, all we asked of you was for you to not get loaded and you couldn't even do that. And so, you know, when he put that out there, when Steve-O put that out there, to me, it kind of seemed like, oh, okay, Bam's in the wrong here. That's a shame. Um, so, I get, you know, so they just didn't have Bam in the whole movie, which, like I said, is a little weird. It's a little kind of like, oh, it's like this, it's like a little awkward thing no one's addressing for the whole movie. At least I, I felt that way. Um, but then I, I looked into Bam recently, and I guess he's doing much better. I guess he went to rehab for a year and he's turning his life around. He's like a family man now, which is like, that's great. And he looks so much like his dad. Oh, my God. I saw, like, a family photo. He looks like Phil. I was like, no way. Oh, I totally see it now. Um, so, good for – I'm glad Bam turned his life around. I guess he's, like, you know, being sober is really helping him out. But it's, like, it kind of makes sense that it would be probably – could create toxic behavior because these guys were, like, rock stars, right? They were super popular, probably banging chicks all over. You know, in, in the original Jackass, there's just – in every scene, there's always beer. Like, they're always drinking Miller High Life. Like, and, and there's, like, a – hotel scene. I forgot one one of the ones where they're tasing their balls or something. And there's just, you know, six packs and empties everywhere. I mean, they're just drinking the entire shoot, you know? And I'm sure that's not all they were doing. I'm only speculating here, but I can imagine there's probably other substances that they were probably you know indulging in. And then it's not like it stops when the movie stops, right? I mean, these guys are just jerk offs from Pennsylvania or Florida or wherever they're from, you know? And so it's like, yeah, they're just going to party it up and act like idiots and make fun of each other. And it's like, yeah, that, that can get out of hand really, really fast. So recommended the new Jackass movie was super fun. And good luck to you, Bam Margera. I'm, I'm a fan, buddy. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing well. Um, Do I have anything else I want to cover? There's a first transgender cheerleader going to be in the NFL. I mean I I just ask why. Why? You know, it's one of these things where it's like you know what you're doing. You know the only people who want this are activists. The only people who want this are they want to normalize all these things and attack male spaces and queer everything and get rid of gender norm blah blah blah, the the broken record of their marxist agenda which i mean it's amazing how like that does kind of sound like a conspiracy theory but it really isn't it's not it's not even a theory it's very provable like it's really easy to check it out and to learn about anyway uh so they're doing a their first transgender cheerleader for the carolina pan it's just like uh it's one of these things I just don't even want to tell. I'm just like, all right. You know? I mean, it's they don't even show the cheerleaders on TV much, you know? That's just kind of like a feature for when you go to the game. You really don't get to see cheerleaders because I guess that's not PC. Like, I remember, like, Pamela Anderson became famous because she was at, like, I think a Toronto Blue Jays game or something like that. And, like, the camera people used to show hot chicks in the crowd, right? Because who doesn't like hot chicks except for not hot chicks? Uh, And, uh, like, showing, like, this gorgeous girl. And, like, the crowd just lost their mind for her because it's Pamela Anderson. And that's how she became famous. That's how she became a star was because someone found her at a Jays game. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it's not – What's wrong with that? Like, it's not like they're going to rush her. You know what I mean? It's like it's just because there's sex and sports together. It doesn't. No one's getting hurt. This isn't a bad thing. So now they have to uh, change that. And we have to have our first transgender cheerleader. It's a big moment. She, Justine, Lindsay is 29, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's just, you know, what else? What else? No, uh, what else is, is new? This is this is what it is. This is the world we live in, and you're not allowed to say anything bad about it. And you're not allowed to do anything but applause wildly, and that's, that's I, I you know. This is what I mean. These are the stories. This is the time we live in. I can't even get, like, I just don't want to, I just, I don't want it to be, and I also don't want to deal with it. I just don't, I don't want to deal with it, but it, it is what it is. You have to, you know, it's, it's. <sighs> This is life, and, and, you know, it's draining. It's just draining, and everything is just activism and politics, and you're supposed to like this, and you need to say this, and blah. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah, I mean, that's all. It's just blah, blah, blah. It's just a bunch of blah, blah all the time, talking. And and this guy doesn't like it, and, and guess what? You know, we're going to make fun of him for this, and, oh, I don't like it. No, get it. Uh, I will say this about the conservatives that I think they are misguided on. Because the, the, I think the issue that like traditional conservatives or media conservatives have is that they don't – they're not inclusive. You need to be more inclusive, okay, Ann Coulter? No, but, but they come off very smug. Even when I agree with them, I feel like they come off very smug. And – I feel like nine times out of 10, 90 times out of 100, most of the only audience that's hearing anything they're saying are either people they already agree with or people that want to weaponize what they say and use it as an example of why conservatives are bad. But it's still just echo chambers, right? It's already people who agree with you or already people who know they hate you. Like, I think the conservatives should make more of an effort to be reasonable to the middle ground. And I think being smug and condescending doesn't work. I think it alienates more people than it will invite. Yes, it emboldens the people who already agree with you to be like, we're all on the right side. But I do think it's not really doing much for growing your audience now there's still people that will come to you who are just like oh this is exactly what i was thinking you know but it's it's almost like a cult thing right like it's kind of uh you can't take i like this and i like that you know, but I don't like this and I don't like that. It's, it's very much an all or nothing kind of transformation. And I don't really think that that's helpful for your ideals. I think your ideals, some of them are very good. And I think if you were a little bit more open with discussing them, and a little bit less like, oh, we all agree with each other kind of vibe, uh, it would be I don't know, I just think you'd get more people, I think you could uh, approach the middle ground with a little bit more effectiveness. Just a little critique towards the, to the right, you know, because I, I get tired of their just kind of <laughs> like there's this girl on Daily Wire who's fucking hot. Brett Cooper. Oh, man, she is really an attractive chick. I, I like her a lot. Uh, she's got that kind of pale skin, dark hair combination like Wednesday Addams. Mm-hmm. Very, very nice. Very pretty girl. I guess she was like an actress in L.A. I don't know. She's pretty hot. Um. Uh, and she's got like a Daily Wire thing, and so she, you know, it's she's like in her twenties, you know what I mean? And there's this like, uh, like you know, she does like a show, and she's like, you know, I like her, like I, I like her personality, you know, but still, like, it had, it still has like a smugness to it. They're still just kind of like, hmm, you know, like, and I don't know who that's bringing in. I just think it's helping your base, you know, and it. it the thing is, like, the conservatives, a lot of what they say right now, they're they're in the right about a lot of this. Uh, but it's so – the traditional model is that you're not cool, you know? And I, st- uh, I just think – I don't even know what I'm saying. I just think there's another way to approach getting people to think differently than the, like, completely cooked left. That's my two cents on the whole matter. Anyway – that's going to do it for me today, guys. Thank you so much for watching the MF for podcast number three. I hope this non specific Babblecast was interesting to you. I uh, really appreciate you guys watching the show and checking out everything that I do. Please like the video, subscribe. Also, if you, you know, you can check this out on Spotify and iTunes every week. That's where I also release it. So. Check me out there. If you could leave a review, that would help. Tell your friends anything you can muster the energy to help Matt and the MFR podcast. I would really appreciate it. Y'all are the best. Anyone who stuck around this long, you are the true hero. And I love you all. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for watching. Have a great day. Goodbye.